Welcome to the Reinventing Education podcast, a podcast for people interested in reinventing what education is. On today's episode, we're going to look at what staff meetings look like in a mainstream school. My name is Rob McLeod, as always, joined by the golden headphone wearing pop screen on his microphone, curtains closed behind him, Brendan O'Leary. How are you, Brendan? Human. Human, Rob. Don't forget that, please. Samesies. I'm fine. I'm good, thanks. Swing if you're new, rights, isn't it? Uh, hey, welcome. And there are maybe a few things that might help you out to get you caught up to speed on what we're up to here. We have a 50th episode. It's called Start Here 2.0, Reinventing a map for reinventing education. Uh, if you're new to integral theory, if you're new to spiral dynamics, stages of development, the work of Frederick Laloux, etc., recommend going back to that episode. And what we're going to discuss today will probably be more intuitive to you and uh, digestible. This season, we're going in-depth into the mainstream school. This would be Orange in Spiral Dynamics or the uh, integral stages of development in Frederick Laloux's Reinventing Organizations. And essentially, mainstream school, this is the majority of schools worldwide these days. And a lot of what we've been saying in the last few episodes is interchangeable. Bren and I were saying just before we started recording that essentially today's episode is going to be the same as the last six. Just or take out uh, certain words from our previous episodes and just replace staff meeting in there. And uh, a lot of this content's the same, but what we're it's doing like now a, is... It's like a Ramon song. Mm-hmm. It's like, one, two, three, four staff meetings. One, one two, two, three, three four. four. Collaborative planning. <laughs> exactly. Square album. Mainstream school, basically we're looking at most schools, and essentially we're just trying to create all the indicators that show you that the school you are in is being influenced at a subtle level by the value of opportunity. Exactly. So with opportunity at kind of the root of everything, what we're looking to do is to maximize opportunity for students, for their achievement, for staff's efficiency and effectiveness, Um, basically looking to make sure that people have the opportunities that they deserve based on their assessed merit. Which, the entire system. which comes into opposition with the value of a traditional school, which may do a lot of the same things, but it, we're saying it's looking more for security and to continue the sense of tradition and lineage rather than to offer new opportunities and put a new spin on the world. Yeah, and in a traditional school, I think there's just more trust that you're doing what you need to do. And in a mainstream school... There's trust, but you need to show some data to prove what you say you're doing is having the desired effect. And uh, there's trust as long as you can prove yourself and can prove the merit. So today we're looking at staff meetings in depth under the microscope to see what those look like in a mainstream school. So staff meetings, how would you know if you're in a mainstream school staff meeting? First of all, frequency. Likely you're meeting weekly-ish, maybe bi-weekly. Maybe there's a very short check-in once a week for 15 minutes at a break, but then, you know, a 45, 60-minute, 90-minute meeting every week or every other week as well. Uh, Why would you even bother getting together with the staff? Well, essentially you're getting together to discuss ideas, the merit of ideas, debate ideas, and also probably some time for some collaboration 
And also, of course, still some info sharing. Hey, what are we up to? When's the bake sale? When's the circus tent getting here, etc. All those kinds of things. Um, but I would say the sharing information takes up less time than it would have in a traditional school. And the staff meeting is more used to discuss ideas and have some time for collaboration. So unlike the traditional school, where maybe it's the same person who's leading a staff meeting every time, most likely the head of school, and you know maybe there's a designated minutes taker or whatever, unlike that traditional approach to school, the mainstream approach to a staff meeting is probably going to have some shared roles. There might even be a cycle for who takes minutes, who's chairing the meeting, who's doing the timekeeping, so that throughout a year, everyone's had a sense of having had that role and helping the meetings function. Uh, one of the other big things that's going on here is that um, the time that's being used in a staff meeting is going to be connected back to those aims of the school, the goals of the school. And to support that, it's going to connect back to the professional development and school growth. So you're going to hear curriculum expectations mentioned. You're going to hear details from the school's action plan mentioned and most likely some data about what's being tracked to see how close or far away we are from our goals or how successful we are. So there's going to be a lot more talk about data, what the school's trying to do, and developing people to better accomplish those goals. And one other change that distinguishes the mainstream staff meeting from a traditional one is there's actually going to be time to highlight some best practice. You're actually going to hear some praise for people doing a good job. And that good job isn't just, oh, you fulfilled your duty. Thanks for organizing the special event. It's likely going to be praising those people who are accomplishing school goals really well, demonstrating their merit, showing they can do so effectively and efficiently. And then there's often going to be a little praise and shout out like, hey, you guys should go see them. Go see Brendan's English conferences or go see, you know, Rob Zaney art lessons, these kinds of things because they are executing this really well and that, you know, it's a sign of best practice. So, you know, there's certainly some encouragement and uh, highlighting when someone has done a good job for sure and wanting to share that information between folks. So, Brennan, we often use the words effective and efficient when talking about mainstream schools. So, surprise, surprise, the mainstream approach to school has ideas about how does a meeting go well I know you found a list, as you are a list lover. Can you give us a list of some of the things that a mainstream school would probably say help to make a staff meeting go well? Yes, yeah, so gather this list from a few places inside our heads and inside the internet. And I think we've got a shared consensus that these are going to make our staff meetings efficient and effective, which is what we want in that mainstream school. Adequate pre-planning, we know what's going to be said, we know who's going to do what, and we got a room booked and a time booked and everyone's available. Encouragement for teachers inside and staff inside that meeting to express themselves and share. We want to make it a comfortable place where people can express their ideas because it is a kind of, it's a floor for a more democratic sort of decision-making process. And on that same topic, we want to encourage views that aren't in alignment with everybody else so anybody that has a view that might come from a different perspective that may help us to achieve some of our goals that basically new strategies we want to encourage those kind of things uh, we want 
everybody to participate as much as possible. So this might mean breaking into groups and things like that, but there's going to be strategies for trying to make sure that everybody uh, plays a part in the meeting because in a lot of traditional style meetings and basically in a lot of meetings we all go to, we may be sat there for a large, long periods of time with no real way to participate meaningfully. And I think those effective and successful mainstream meetings are the ones where there's a time and a place for people to share their voices and to, to listen to each other. Um, the time is used effectively in the sense that we don't have meetings that last for three hours when we only really need about 30 to 45 minutes. And we, we want people to turn up on time. People are busy, of course, but we try and arrange these meetings so that people can can all be there and we can start on time, finish on time, and get everything we need to do done effectively and efficiently. And uh, uh, on that, we would select topics and ideas beforehand. And this is in line with this idea of sharing things by email or messages before. And people are encouraged to have these discussions beforehand so that it generally isn't, you're not starting from a, a standing position in these meetings. A lot of these ideas are already in the air and this might be a, a time to push them further or to, to kind of to make some final decisions on things. So all of those are, are things that we, we see in meetings that are working and functioning well. And if in your head now you're thinking, yes, that's exactly how the meetings work in my school or in my organization, and that's grand. But um, it's hard to do, to get all those things operating as, uh, at once. Um, anything else you want to add to that list there, Rob, of things that, that might happen inside a mainstream staff meeting that make them work effectively? No, I think the only thing that maybe I would drill down a little bit more, you mentioned the importance of hearing diverse perspectives and different ideas and different approaches. I think there is, you know, space for things to be debated and, um, yeah, critiqued. We're going to talk about this, I know, in a moment when we talk about the bathwaters. But, you know, there is an there is the idea that there is healthy disagreement is allowed here, whereas maybe in the traditional school, you know, Either that disagreement kind of gets swept under the rug or it's seen as, you know, maybe even like a, a personal attack or, you know, playing favorites or, you know, it's my group, it's us and them here in the school against each other. You know, I think there is a space for some some fairly healthy disagreement and, you know, no one's going to leave there with the feathers too ruffled. Now, I think that's a, an important point that this is based on, you know, those democratic ideals that the whole mainstream kind of system is based on those enlightenment values of you know kind of there is a truth out there and we can find that truth if we all really put our heads together and we interrogate these ideas and this isn't personal this is about us getting to the best truth and those best truths are going to help our students so yeah that all involves leadership teams and it all involves people setting up that kind of ethos within the school that when we walk into this place, we're going to discuss these ideas respectfully. And um, yeah, so some of the things that actually you can do inside these meetings to make that more likely to happen is to create teams, um, set some norms, set some rules and agreements of how we're going to behave when we're 
having these discussions or when we're uh, taking part in these meetings. Uh, encouraging people to have an agenda and add to that agenda before the meeting so that we don't suddenly get 30 people adding stuff at the end when there's no time. Um, take notes, have a goal, you know, try and have a shared goal and uh, assess ourselves against our progress towards it. Maybe set small committees and split people up and share out those goals throughout the year. I've seen um, in some staff meetings I've been in, we have teams, so you'll have more of an, an AOB kind of discussion part where it's about the running of the school and then you'll split off into something a little bit more maybe a self-study of the school or developing some areas of um, parts of the action plan that the school wants to work on. And yeah. acronym alert there, AOB. Did I say AOB? Did I say AOB? Thank you for thank you for pointing out a cardinal error of communication. AOB for people who've never attended a meeting is any other business. It's where... The floor is open. It's usually the bit where people are running for the door with their fingers crossed that nobody's going to throw anything else onto the plate, which is why I'm glad, Rob, you, you, you pulled me up there on my error because it gives me a chance to say if you are in a meeting, don't wait until the end to throw that AOB on there. Don't keep your any other business till the end. Be a good mainstream opportunity value person and put your idea on the agenda before the meeting. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, and one, I guess, like tip, one practical thing you could use in your schools that I've tried to use in my context at school to ensure that I'm including this healthy part of the mainstream school is when I call a meeting or I'm a part of a meeting, I ask, what is the aim of the meeting? And when we leave the meeting, what will we have accomplished? What will we have accomplished could be one of two things. Either we will know the next step of something or, you know, I or other teachers or whoever in staff will leave in their hands with, you know, a physical thing, a rubric, an assessment, the data about whatever. The idea that there will be an aim clearly stated before the meeting and with a desired end goal outcome for that meeting. One other cool thing, the mainstream value is they want to make things explicit. Rules are made clear, stated, promulgated, and usually it's done so by collective agreement. So in a traditional school, you know, it might just be common sense what the meeting norms are. No one needs to discuss them, but in many mainstream organizations and schools, there will actually be a reminder of here are our norms in a meeting, you know, might be things like time limits. Everyone has maximum two minutes to share a perspective before you know they're cut off. Here's how you know our process of discussion works, etc., etc., etc. So not only will they talk about what they want, like Brennan was doing, they will also explicitly state stuff to avoid. So there's bad behavior in mainstream meetings, and these will be agreed upon. Like, hey, can we all agree that if we didn't do these things, we'd be, we'd be better off? So it might be. Hey, if your laptop's open, you know, you've got no other tabs or, you know, hey, this is a laptop's closed meeting. We're not playing with our phones. Nobody can put unclear agenda items. Often agenda items need some kind of like smart goal criteria. So it needs to be. So smart, a smart goal, according to the Internet, is specific, measurable, attainable, relevant 
and Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, oh, silly me. Time-based. Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely or time-based. Things that go on the agenda should meet those five criteria of a SMART goal. Poor time management. We don't want this. We don't start late. You get here on time. There is an agreement about how long this meeting is. We won't run over. So it's possible there's just an awkward ending where still more things need to be discussed. But it's like, hey, no, we respect our time. We said this would be 90 minutes. We're cutting it here at 90 minutes. Whereas in a traditional school, possibly progressive school as well, meetings might go on much longer than the scheduled time. No venting, no readdressing issues that have already been discussed. There's a time and a place to discuss things. The staff meeting may or may not be the place for that. Uh, we don't want dominant personalities controlling the room. Usually there's some kind of measure to ensure people aren't monopolizing time. We also want things to be transparent, so we don't want a lack of clarity regarding decisions, outcomes of things. We want clear next steps, not, oh, I guess we'll have to work on that. No, it needs to be, what are the next steps? It needs to be actionable. And finally, no side conversations during meetings. No off to the side chatting for a minute or two while main points are being addressed in the whole group. Again, the mainstream school, there might be other things. Some of those might be addressed, some of them might not be. But in a mainstream school, there's a good chance they're actually going to explicitly state what we don't allow in a meeting. And I think that is in line with the mainstream kind of value of take, of sharing responsibility a little bit. Of course, traditional schools talk a lot about self-discipline and responsibility, for sure. But the teacher is seen as the authority in those places. Whereas, as you move more into the mainstream, there is a little bit more of an idea that it is a shared responsibility for knowing these rules, writing them down explicitly, and then having a chance to negotiate them, follow them up, and reflect on them. So they may look quite similar in both traditional and mainstream schools, but I think you're more likely to know what they are and have talked about them. And like you said, you know, in a traditional school, maybe it's more common sense. And here in a mainstream school, we still want you to use that common sense, but we're going to write it down so that we so that we can have a shared consensus, a shared agreement on what this is. So one of the books I read recently is called Adaptive Schools, and we've talked about this a little bit um, before, Robin. It, it's uh, a lot of the ideas in there about running meetings, mostly with adults. How can you run efficient and, and effective meetings that give everybody the floor, give everybody a chance to share their ideas? And so particularly with things like dominant personalities, it's it's really tough, right? Somebody just doesn't get that they're talking too much. And um, looking looking at myself, no, surely not doesn't get that they're talking too much. But um, one of the reasons, if it's kind of comfortable if you're leading a meeting and you have to kind of step in and, and remind someone that maybe they want to give the floor to other people. So making those agreements in advance are a little bit easier if you've said it at the beginning. It's not directed at anyone in particular, you know. So just don't forget today, we really want to give everyone a chance to speak. And then the adaptive school is actually takes it a little further and gives you some really good ideas of how you might make that even more explicit. And one of the things they'll do is give out like chips or a, a, a car, a little like playing cards. You have three playing cards that you can put in the middle of the table when you want to share an idea. And they're all, they're all about making it even more explicit. Here, I'm saying something now and I know that I'm not hogging the conversation because 
there is my second card and you've put one down too so interesting ideas that come in in the mainstream school of saying we are actually going to address these issues directly and put strategies in place to make these meetings and all of our collaborations both with adults and in the classroom with kids to make these things more effective and more efficient. So we've discussed some of the key characteristics of mainstream school staff meeting. O'Leary, let's get into the babies and the bathwaters. What do we want to keep from here? And uh, what what chaff do we want to separate from the wheat here? The stuff that we don't want to lose as we move into maybe a progressive school system. and uh, Or even if we decide that we want to become more of a traditional school, we want to keep hold of this mainstream stuff discussion formats with a space for debate to critique and see the worth of ideas before we pursue them too far or before we decide that oh no we're not going to do that because it seems like something that uh, is very different to what we've done before it's working with the idea that uh, we learn through our experiences and we reflect rather than looking at uh, oh this has been tried three times before so it definitely won't work well maybe the context is different now maybe things have changed to show that the idea might work this time. So we assess the merit of ideas on the idea itself and not where it came from. It's not about who said it. It's not about where it came from. It's about whether it fits for our, our context. Likewise, getting together to talk these things through mean that when we actually write a plan or when we put them into action, we're going to have some clear specific tasks and steps to make this happen it's much more likely as these big school-wide complex ideas unfold they're much more likely to to work and be effective and happen if they're planned and the, the more heads in there the better the more we critique it so those are two great ideas that the mainstream opportunity value has kind of has kind of brought to the table but it's not all good, Rob. What are some of the bathwaters? What are some of the things we just want to get rid of right now? Well, first of all, when we're looking at merit in the mainstream school, we want the promotion of good ideas, as you were starting to address there. Sometimes it does matter who the idea is coming from. Dominant personalities, the most popular people can possibly sway or persuade a group. You know, maybe it's an allegiance of friendship that you know, garners more support for an idea than the actual merit of the idea. And, you know, this can disenfranchise people and actually act counter to what the culture says it wants. It ends up being that a lot of people don't put forth ideas, knowing that perhaps they don't have some of that social clout or enough of that dominant personality to get their ideas put through, supported, or at least accepted from the group. Uh, We talked about the frequency of meetings at the start of this. Often in mainstream schools, there are built-in scheduled times. Maybe they're on a calendar. Maybe everyone just knows it's every other Tuesday. But those meetings are probably going to happen whether it's actually needed or not. So some mainstream schools will take this into account and, you know, may say, hey, you know, we're not going to meet this week, but here are a few things that we're going to do instead. But quite often the meeting goes ahead whether or not there are, you know, whether or not it's a slow news day. We'll still stretch this out over the 90 minutes and maybe make some mountains out of mole hills here. Basically, there might be aims for the meeting, but if the aims aren't entirely clear or the meeting's not well organized, 
you might still do some work, but it just might not be relevant, might not actually be supporting some of the school goals. And essentially, it can be time wasting and just leave people wondering, like, why did we really need to be here? You know, perhaps what we accomplished could have been done by one or two people in a much smaller context. We didn't need everybody here. If we take a step forward, Brendan, in our model, and look at the next stage of school, the progressive school, what kind of critiques do you think they might have looking back on this more mainstream approach to staff meetings? One thing I have heard expressed is that these meetings are still essentially led by the leadership team. So that, sure, you might chair a meeting and you might get to take some minutes and the floor is open for your ideas. But at the end of the day, it's the leadership team, the, the principal, whoever is going to take these ideas and make the final decision. So it, it, it's a little bit of a false democracy. I, I think in most schools, that's not the case. You know, these these are genuine deci- decisions that um, that the principal, whoever wants to to have ideas, um to have those ideas discussed but uh, yeah there is a, there is a case where and we see this we'll come back to it in school um, student governments for sure where student governments are asked to make decisions and ideas but maybe at the end of the day it's going to be the adults that are going to veto them if they don't like them um, but in in adult staff meetings in the in the mainstream school best case scenario is that it is a genuine way to move forward but uh, I think the progressive school and the progressive teachers would would be very sensitive to that and to be looking to ways to make sure that it really was democratic and that might tie into another uh, complaint that you might hear from a, a more progressive school is that it's just the teachers in the room and the teachers are only part of this community the students are a very important part of the community but they're not represented in this meeting maybe they're not represented anywhere so maybe there's some av- advocacy on the part of the teachers, but there's no actual direct voice of the students. Likewise, parents, likewise, maybe other members of the community. If you were really going to make this a democratic meeting to run the school, you would have relatively equal participation from all those groups. And I certainly don't know of any schools that have their staff meetings that are equally populated by students uh, staff and parents but but as you start to think more in that democratic mindset it makes a lot of sense they um, may not critique necessarily what what's happening of course they'd still want people to turn up on time and share their ideas and be respectful but maybe they're as we hear maybe a lot in some of the developmental school ideas or the progressive school ideas that there's not as much inclusion as they'd like to see it's not really being empathetic to the needs of the entire community. Yeah, it ends up being a very teacher-focused, school-focused, planning-focused, assessment-focused, curricular objective-focused meeting. And, you know, hey, fair enough, there's got to be a time and a place for that. But it is true that in a mainstream school, that can typically dominate uh, what's going on in those staff meetings. And what about aims? You just started talking about agency, student choice, student voice, people determining their own meaning paths forward. Um, what complaints might we see from a progressive school around the aims? 
So a lot of the ideas that you talk about in the meeting, sure, some of the strategies belong to the teachers and maybe some of the ideas are taken on board, but the big picture stuff, maybe that's coming on a governmental level or the head's vision of the school, the principal's vision of the school. So maybe you might get to throw your two cents into the conversation, but you might not have a lot of actual democratic decision-making power in what happens within the school. Now, I would say in some schools, they do move towards that a little more, even within the mainstream of having the school's action plan and their policies and, and, and their procedures reviewed regularly. But I'd say that's less common than I'd still say the mainstream school. You would get a lot of that, what is seen to be really important stuff. The, the running of the school, where the money is spent and where these huge investments of time and money will go um, are still probably made by the principal, maybe under the guidance of the local educational authority. So, yeah, I, I, again, I think the progressive school, progressive teachers would say this hasn't gone far enough into including everybody into the meaningful side of that decision-making process. And the, the yeah, it doesn't it doesn't include necessarily those voices from the ground up. Like an example for me in Canada, you know, I spent the better part of a year in one of my schools. You know, a certain portion of every staff meeting was set aside towards our aim of improving reading scores around the skill of inference when reading, students' abilities to infer when reading. And we did it from kindergarten all the way through to grade eight, and you know, we did a lot of work effectively, efficiently, great stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, we dedicated a ton of time to that. Why? Well, because that year, that was the Ontario government's push. So you just had to do that, whether or not you really wanted to, whether or not your students were actually already pretty good at inference or not, you're going to be dedicating a lot of the time to this. Oh, what's that? Your individual school in your specific context actually has a higher need. Sure, we'll find some time for that, but it won't be at the expense of this larger governmental aim this year. And I think the book you mentioned earlier, Frederick Laloux's Reinventing Organizations, deals with that a lot. That's a really interesting take on he looks at the nursing profession, he looks at uh, schools and other organizations and how they do start to become more democratic in, in big, meaningful decisions. Um, but I would say he's moving well into the progressive mindset here. Certainly, there's a space for it in mainstream schools, but it's a bit of a leap of faith, especially as there's still a little bit of that hierarchy hanging over from the traditional school where it probably is going to be the principal who gets it should things not go well. I mean, in Britain, for sure, with the ranking of league tables based on test scores at 11 years old, you know, the the, uh, the school might feel a little bit of heat should they not do well over the course of two or three years, but the, the head is very likely to lose their job should those scores not kind of pick up over the course of a few years. So there is still a reason for it, but I guess that's within the mainstream schools kind of remit to try and mediate what is in their control and make those changes. Yeah, and it all happens or largely happens at those staff meetings. So there's our 
look at the mainstream school approach to staff meetings. As we keep saying, perhaps you just listened to that and thought, well, that's just what a staff meeting is. But again, as we've typically been saying towards the end of episodes, no, this is just a way that staff meetings can function. They might, what we've just described, might describe every staff meeting you've ever experienced in a school, but that probably just means you've been in a more mainstream school environment. Go back to our old episodes about a traditional approach to school. They had a different approach to staff meetings. And as we'll see months from now, when we dig deep into the progressive school, they will also have a very different approach to what staff meetings look like, completely different in many ways to what we just described here. So our next journey on the mainstream school tour bus is to look at the school day before school and after school care, and as well, even the journey to school, including the parents' role at the start of the day at school. Brennan, anything to chime in before we wrap up here? Thanks for the discussion. <laughs> Can you give me like one minute now? Amy's taking a chord that she needs right now. Uh, all right, she's done. I, I graci- she's graciously allows me to use her room as my recording studio. So. Um, this is all gold. You're welcome, listeners. No, Rob, um, thanks for the discussion. As always, digging into the minutiae and finding gold, one would hope. Um, good times. Thanks, Brennan. Thanks, Robert. 